We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's good, everybody? Before we get started on today's episode, big ups to the members of the Patreon. Orvica, Derek Pleates, Corey Johnson Hoops, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, and my guy, Ryan Pisner. Today, my guests are my guy, Robbie Fingers, Robbie Gordon. He is coming on to talk about the NBA Finals and the fallout from the Heat and the Lakers. Congrats to the Lakers winning in six. Shouts to Kobe, RIP Kobe. LeBron got his fourth. And my guy Ahmed Schmetti is joining me. He is the biggest Cowboy fan that I know. And he comes on and we talk about the gruesome and ugly and very sad injury to one Dak Prescott. How we feel about the Cowboys moving forward. What it means for Dak in his future. Andy Dalton season and so much more. So stay tuned. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it? I got it for real. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and it's ready to kill. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. My guest today is a returning guest. One of my favorite people that I've gotten to connect with. And I mean that. You know what I'm saying? My guy, Robbie Fingers, Robbie Gordon, young corner treyway in the building. What up, baby? Yo, much love on, on the intro. You know, um, I'm chilling, getting acclimated to my new surroundings. I'm a, I'm a Queens to Long Island boy, like uh, I believe yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting used to not looking for parking and uh, having space and minding my business and, you know, all the good Long Island shit. Man, let me tell you, I'm actually moving back into uh, into Queens 
at the Mazel, end of the, where are you going into back into the story man the home base you know what i'm saying i found a nice a nice little apartment got a a nice setup that i'm gonna have for the studio hope one day i get you in there as well Absolutely. but it's it's gonna be dope man it's uh I think it's the move right now, Robbie. I've been I've been thinking about this for a very very long time. Shout nice. out to everybody that's been supporting the patrons, the the listeners, Twitch subscribers, the whole nine. So, yeah. Back to what you said though. I'm gonna definitely miss not having to drive around the block a hundred times to find parking. That's that's probably that's that's in the Mount Rushmore of perks living in LI. You listen in Queens, a little prayer goes a long way when it comes to parking. So. That's a fact. That's a fact. Dude, uh, last time that we recorded, um, well, <laughs> l- l- let me just get this off my chest because Go ahead. I called you one day in, was it February or March? This was, it was, it was the, I believe it was the day of the Iguodala trade. Yeah. I think that was what sparked it. Oh, man. Me and you should be in like in Barbados right now, just chilling yeah. because... We spent, I don't know, I, don't, I know we touched on it on the podcast, but guys, no bullshit. But we had like a half hour call talking about the fucking heat. Literally, I'm like, yo, Robbie, let me map this out for you. Heat to make the finals. You're like, ooh, I'm interested. And as yeah. I'm going, he's getting more hyped and hyped about it because of the yeah, roadmap, right? flat broke in January or February, whatever it was. Oh, man. Oh, man. What a what a gutsy call. What a call. But, dude, let's let's open up with the heat because we're going to give the Lakers some love and show them some love. Of course, winning their 17th title. LeBron gets number four. Put some damn respect on that man's name. You know what I'm saying? But, Robbie, um, yes. you know, historically, we forget about the team that comes in second. But I think this Miami Heat team really captured a lot of people's hearts. And really, you know, a fifth seed, it's very rare that you see a non-top four seed make the finals. I believe, and you being an NBA historian yourself, were the Knicks in 99 the last non-like? So they're an eighth seed. I think they might have been the last, like, bottom four seed to, to make the finals. Um, I feel like that's yeah. that's accurate, you know. Yeah, or, yeah, I don't think anyone's done anything since, as far as being lower than a four seed. So the Heat, as a, as the five, make the finals. Wacky year, I understand that, but everyone yeah. was dealt the same hand, right? It's not like all the teams that were playing the Heat were in the bubble; like everyone was going through this. And the Heat, yeah, honestly, if they were playing in Miami, they might have had an easier path to get there. But that's besides the point. I want to talk about Miami and their and them getting to the finals. Was there anything that happened that kind of left you soured on the heat? Like, was it Dragic not being available? Was it Bam missing a little bit and not? He really didn't seem like himself, dude, because I think right. if you were to make if you were to make a a starting five with a sixth man off the bench all NBA bubble team, I feel like Bam is at center. In the sense of in the sense of Whose stock leaving the bubble is at its highest? So the thing that bummed me out about the Heat team was, um, well, I think Jimmy Butler's stock rose tremendously. You know, oh yeah, he's a, he's known, in that he's in that starting five without a this, doubt. This guy was known as a, you know, depending who you ask, which bum ass sports writer, like you know, everywhere he went, he was he was um, he was chastised as the guy who was the problem in the locker room, whether it was Minnesota, Philly, you know, and this guy is just a, he's just a winner. 
he's just he's a guy who wants to win. He's he's a guy who's gonna win at any cost. He's not gonna accept mediocrity. He doesn't appreciate talent not followed up with execution. And it seems like Joel Embiid is in agreement with him because anytime Jimmy showed improvement in the playoffs, he was there supporting. So you know, you you might have to read the tea leaves for what that means for Philly. But um what I saw from Jimmy Butler this this playoffs was outstanding. You know, it's it's what we've come to love about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets, um, you know, this is a guy who would unplug his cable and internet in the summer and just train and grind and not settle for being, you know, he was always an overachiever. He was a, um, he was not a top recruit in high school. He was, in, he, he was the 30th pick in the draft coming out of Marquette. You know, he was known as a, a defensive stopper. Mm-hmm. That offensive game came later. You know? Word. I remember the early Chicago days with D. Rose and Luol Dang and Noah. It was like, all right, that's a dude that's if you check the box score, he's playing 47 to 48 minutes. And that was yeah. what Butler was really known for. So that's a hell of a point. Under Thibodeau, that was like three or four guys. But Oh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> run them to the ground. They'll be all right. That's Thibodeau. I'm praying style. for Mitch and RJ right now because of that. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, J- Jimmy showed improved. The thing that really bummed me out about the Heat was um, the most exciting two-man game in the NBA, or let's say the bubble specifically, um, outside of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, because they that what they did in the last eight minutes of the fourth quarter, every single game, it was either a high pick and roll or pick and pop, or you know there was there was it was always set up with. Murray having the ball and, and Jokic send the pick and then magic happened and they they had unlimited options. The second most exciting version of that two man game was Dragic and Bam and they would run this usually end of the first quarter into the beginning of the second quarter. They use it to, to go on those runs in the third quarter. They, these two guys would put games away. So while Jimmy went nuts in the finals. What got them there, a lot of it was that two-man game. So, you know, just not being able to see them potentially uh, give the Lakers problems because, you know, the, the Heat healthy was was a very deep team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lakers were a much more top-heavy team. Right. You, know, you have the, the, the two top five guys, and then you have everyone else. You know, KCP stepped up in, in, in Game 6. Obviously, Rondo stepped up all series. But at the end of the day, like, the Heat was a much deeper roster. So, um, you know, we didn't get to see them at full strength. That takes nothing away from what the Lakers did. They played masterfully. Um, and, you know, the Heat gave gave it their all. But, you know, I would have liked to have seen the Drogic-Bam two-man game. Well, there's a couple of things to, to un- <clears throat> unravel over there with what you're saying. Number one is, you're right, it was the the two best players against the more complete team. That's kind of how I broke down this series on on the preview show coming into the finals. But it's also funny that there are some people already that will do everything and anything in their power to discredit LeBron James. And they're saying exactly what you said, where I know you're not discrediting LeBron James, but you're saying how it sucks, and it does suck that we didn't see the Heat at full strength and we didn't yeah. see Dragic and Bam at full strength doing what they do best. But on the flip side, it's like, well, LeBron James lost the finals, and we we killed this guy for it because Kevin Love and Kyrie weren't there, right? So we got to stop killing LeBron for, for making the finals and losing. It's it's absurd. It's like 
there are 28 teams that don't make the finals every year. Yeah. And, I mean, if this man is healthy, his team is not one of those 28 teams. Right. Like, he's made the finals in more than 50% of his NBA seasons. Much more. I think it's like 63% now. I don't know. You got to do whatever 10 divided by 17 is. Yeah. Well, it's over 50%. So, it's all right. We haven't been in school in a while. I feel you, bro. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's... (laughs) Like Brian, Brian is in in a league of his own, right? Like yeah. he's going to probably match Bill Russell's finals appearances. He's going to probably double Michael Jordan's finals appearances, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, if you say Jordan had, you could use the number thirteen or fifteen for number of seasons. As far as you know, you want to count Washington. I mean, you want to count Washington. You want to count the, the injured second season. Let's let's go with thirteen, right? You made six out of thirteen, so you know. I mean, LeBron's going to potentially catch Jordan's total seasons with Finals appearances. You know, it, I don't. If you're a basketball fan, you I don't want this to be lost on you. What we're watching may never happen again, and probably won't, and it never has before. And we're watching absolute greatness. We're watching a thirty-five-year-old man in his 17th nba season dominating dropping 30 12 and 9 on 59 percent shooting in the finals and that and everyone was saying he he, he looked like he, he wasn't himself or, or this was a mediocre finals for him if you put that that stat line on anyone else on god's green earth then you're you're gonna cement him as an all-time great so it you know what it's like the bar is so high for him that people sort of just get lost in the minutia and don't really appreciate the greatness they're witnessing. LeBron, LeBron's the greatest basketball player to walk God's green earth. If you ask me. Yeah, you're not going to get much debate from me on that one. I, I know that now, uh, it, it's it's unbelievable, man. How it's the only guy in which we hold to that standard that it's never good enough, right? Never. Like, how is it possible? to say it's better to lose in the first round than to lose in the finals. Right. I, I, you know, love or loathe him, Nick Wright brought up a point. So it's like, so he applied the LeBron logic to Jimmy Butler. So it's like, so, you know, Jimmy Butler made it to the finals and failed, you know, but it's a loss in the finals. So he's 0-1. I mean, are we going to say that, you know, since Giannis didn't make the finals, he had a better postseason because he didn't make the finals and lose the finals. He has a 0-0 zero and zero record. You know, like that's the sort of logic people are – like, you go further in the playoffs, you had a better season. That's how this works, right? So if you made the finals and lost, then you did as well as you could without being a champion, you know? So, you know, I'm sure Jimmy Butler's not satisfied with that, but I'm sure he's happier making the finals than having missed the finals by an odd bounce of a Kawhi Leonard shot last year. You know, it's progression, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. listen, Miami, I mean, if they, you know, you got the Giannis rumors flying. You got you got a lot of intriguing things happening with the Heat. The Godfather's made the NBA Finals in, in um, seven straight decades now, whether as a player, coach, or, or president, right? So, uh, listen, never you can't you can't bet against Pat Riley, and it's um it's 
I expect them to, to be at the top of the East again next year unless something crazy happens in the offseason. Well, that's the thing. They're always going to be a hot spot and a destination for many, many reasons. We don't need to break down the reasons why Miami is always going to be a destination. But they well, we also. Know you're a Miami guy. Oh, yeah. You know, I should have been a fan. I, I should have converted, bro. About a decade ago, Robbie, if I would have became a Heat fan when LeBron made his decision, I would have got sl- uh, slandered for about a year and a half, but no one would have remembered it. I'd be like, yeah, I've been a Heat fan since the, the 2010s. I've been a Heat fan ever since. Ever since, yeah. But, dude, you're right, though, because they have a lot of movable contracts. They have a lot of young pieces now whose stock has skyrocketed. They have some cap space because they're not paying Bam. They're not paying Tyler Hero as well. So, yeah, Miami's always going to be in the mix, man. They, they might have a down year where they get bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs, but they'll be back. They'll be able to reload. I want to go back to LeBron Reload's a little bit. Reload's the perfect word because they, they never um... – you know, they never really went to bottom out. Right. When they when they signed Drogic, they, they they made you know, they they said, Okay, listen, we're gonna get some pieces and we're gonna we're gonna try to get right back to it. And uh you know, they've done a great job with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. But you know, the, the the East should be better next year, right? Depending on how you feel about the net what the nets are gonna look like and what they're gonna do. I'm I'm on the fence, right? Like can I see it first before we're ready to say that they're gonna win the East? You know, KD coming off an Achilles, Kyrie with all all that comes with him and and the reports coming out of Boston and how like the team was way better without him, even though he's five times the player that Kemba is. There's there's a lot of things. You know, Toronto's probably still gonna be in the mix. I think another team that's sort of like Miami in the sense where just as long as Ujiri's there, they're probably gonna be able to make some moves and, and keep them competitive and Nick Nurse as well. But Going, going with LeBron, and and man, I loved what Nick Wright said. That's I, I didn't catch that, but that's so true, right? Like, how is it possible to not make the finals? That being better than you losing in the finals, that's something that I can't seem to ever comprehend. But with LeBron now, right? He wins four championships. This is his fourth ring. Uh, Anthony Davis gets his first as well. It was really the AD and LeBron show all year. Both of them stayed healthy. That's another thing that you got to credit LeBron. Like Mike Breen, shouts to Nick's commentator, Mike Breen. You know, it's very important that we remind the folks that. But he brought up something, man, in passing yesterday when he was just reading the accolades of LeBron. He's played three additional seasons in the playoffs worth. So, like, he's, he's played 20 seasons worth in 17 years. And that doesn't include the Olympic stuff, the FIBA stuff. And I know, I know they go there and they beat the shit out of teams. I get that. But still, man, that's a lot of basketball that this guy's had. And you're absolutely right. We can't take it for granted what LeBron's doing on a year-to-year basis. Just seems to, the moment is not too big for him. And he's really like, shit, if if you think Jordan is the GOAT, I, I can't knock you for that. It's not a crazy take. But like LeBron is second in that mix. And that just kind of solidified it if it didn't already. Yeah, I, I it, he's about to into that rare air of um, playing half his life in the NBA. You know, that's a, that was a Kobe thing. That was a KG thing. Uh, he's he's about to enter his 18th season, and he's going to turn 36 in, in December. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just if you think about the absurdity of that, you know, this guy had the the highest expectations of all time. You know, the, the famous uh, Chosen One cover when he was a junior at St. Vincent St. Mary's, you know, that they had all these expectations and he had every opportunity to mess it up and he's just exceeded everyone's expectations every step of the way. So, like, listen, sit back and appreciate this because 
it probably will never happen again. I got to ask you something about Anthony Davis. We, we are always quick to make comparisons to other players that LeBron has played with. Where would you say after you saw him go a full finals run, win a championship with LeBron, where is he as far as teammates that LeBron has had? He's the best teammate he's ever had. And I say that unequivocally, and I say that with full respect to D-Wade, to Bosh, to, um, to, to Kevin Love, to Kyrie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the perfect pairing. You have a... I can't even call him a stretch forward. It would be disrespectful. You have a guy with full guard skills who's basically seven feet tall, great rim protector, perfect shooting form, unbelievable post moves. That pivot move he pulled off in game six on the baseline where he just lost the defense. I mean, you know, it's elite, elite, elite stuff on both sides of the court and the lack of egos there, right? Like, there's net, like, you know, even with, with Wade and Bosch and LeBron, there was, there was some, you mm-hmm. know, head clashing. This was so seamless this year. It was like, it was like, they, they were, they just, they left it all at the door. They're like, we're going to win. And, I, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do it again, barring injuries. You know, they're they, <laughs> like AD doesn't mind letting LeBron go and take over, and vice versa. So you know, when you have two guys who are able to control the game and dominate, but also be selfless and let their teammates rock, that's you can't ask for anything more than that. I think where you're going to see with the Lakers, and, and you know, in the beginning when the playoffs first started and people were having these discussions, Robbie, I kind of was like, damn, son, I would still take Wade. I would still take Kyrie. But as you saw it and you saw how good, you know, you, you mentioned the two-man game between Jokic and Murray and then Dragic and Bam. Man, their two-man game was really the the bread and butter of the entire Laker, like, run, right? Like, it was just unbelievable how dominant those two guys are. And I think what you're going to see with the Lakers moving forward is they're going to become sort of like the new the new warriors in the sense where I think you're going to see a lot of aging vets doing what Dwight Howard did, doing what Rondo did, just yes. signing those one-year deals, chasing a ring. And if you I have those... Mello. Sorry, I hope they sign Melo. I mean, yeah. it, it, it should have happened this year. He should have been Jared Dudley's spot. It... it you know, but I, I hope my guy gets a ring. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? I, I do think that a lot of guys like Carmelo, like guys like, well, maybe not Jared Dudley because he didn't really contribute, but, you know, maybe like a Marcus Gasol. I know he went overseas. But, like, guys of that nature are the kind of players that I think are going to go and take the cheap plug, a veteran's minimum, to sign with a franchise like that because it's going to make sense. You're going to be playing into – well, shit, the season's expected to start in, like, February, March. So, But you're going to be playing deep into the playoffs is what uh, right. I'm mostly going to. That was full yes. I'm proud of you for that one. You know, I'm becoming sort of a professional, man. Let me ask you this last one before we, we wind up because we are going to have a discussion one day about the LeBron GOAT stuff. I got some fun stuff planned later on, so I don't want to get into that too much. Would you say that the right team won the NBA Finals this year. All things considered, situation, COVID, bubble, you know, big ups to Adam Silver. The tweet has gone viral of not one positive COVID test. I think the NBA, the NHL, which I don't want to talk out of my ass. I don't know exactly what their protocol was, but I know that they had formed some sort of bubble. The UFC, like these organizations have really done the best they could and in particular, the NBA has really done something super flawless, I would say. 
did the right team win the NBA Finals this year? One hundred percent. I mean, you know, you could paint any narrative you want, but listen, the I mean, you, uh, all basketball f- fans just hurt when when Kobe passed and Gianna passed, and and you know, it, it just getting that redemp- redemption story. It doesn't fix any of it, but at the very least, like you know, knowing that Kobe, Kobe's last tweet, you know, his last public oh. statement was congratulating. LeBron on passing him and scoring it was sort of you know it was it was a super painful thing for so many basketball fans but um you know it's sort of closure to a certain degree seeing LeBron complete the season and 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 you know through it all season being paused bu- bubble being formed everything happening like the Lakers were able to pull it through and get that 17th ring so I mean look, I, I I love it I think it's a great narrative I think it's it's uh it was it was awesome that it went down the way it did, um, and shit. I mean, I'm having the post uh, finals depression set in now. I'm 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 sort of trying to see what the next key dates are for the NBA, and hopefully we get some news on um, when they'll be able to start. You know, it's gonna be a bummer if they can't get it by Christmas. But if the draft is November 18th, there's no way a regular season game is being played on Christmas because those rookies are not gonna be able to get ready for a season within. 40 days so yeah it's, it's also all these all these owners are starting to see what the nfl is doing and i know it's a completely different setup where you're in a stadium with seventy thousand people and you could spread out 15 20 000 people throughout the stadium and there's no cover right like for the most part it's outdoors so i think man you're gonna see this i would if i had to predict over under being valentine's day right mid-february-ish President's Day, spring, uh, winter break. I would say I would go towards like March. The NBA starting because I think these owners want to get people back in the stands. Yeah, it, it's going to be really tricky. We're you know a lot of things have to happen in the next few months, but um, you know a potential second wave can really affect all that. We're seeing upticks across the country right now. We're seeing you know highs with COVID in various parts of the countries on a daily basis. So. You know, it, it might not be feasible. I know uh, five NFL teams are just just going with with having. Um, you know, I know the Cowboys are, had twenty five thousand last night, mm-hmm. um, and you know, so we'll we'll see what's feasible. I know the, the goal is to get fans back in the arenas, and you know, if they if they're doing a digital courtside, I'm I'm down to to be uh, a Knicks fan in uniform for for forty one games, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens there. Um, it's, you know, I, I hope they start a little earlier than that, but I, my expectation would be we're not going to get an 82 game season. I think we're more likely to get a 60 or 66 game season, mm. which, you know, if you think about, you know, the all time stats LeBron's chasing, it's going to hurt him a bit, right? You know, he's the only person with a legitimate shot at Kareem's all time points and which was, which forever in my lifetime looked like an unbreakable record. So um, and he's got a legitimate chance to actually pull that off. He just needs 2,000 points for the next three or four seasons, and he's gotten 2,000 points in every full season he's played. So, Man, the one thing I'll say as we sign off on the bubble, if, if you had to pick, let me put you on the spot. I'll go first since I've been thinking about this question, and I want to give you a chance to think about it. I wish there were fans in the stands for some moments. 
And can you imagine if Luca's shot was in Dallas? Like how crazy that like yo, th- watching that, I was like, damn, son, I'm not even a Mavericks fan. And like Luca really grew on me in the bubble. Like I, I know he's gonna be a, a future MVP. Like he's a he's a potential top five all NBA guy just moving forward. He's not even potential, he's there. Yeah, he's there already, you could probably yeah. say. But Dude, imagine that being shot in Dallas. Like, Mark Cuban would have tackled them on the court and shit. Like, I wish there were fans in the stands for some of these moments, man. Which moment would you say do you wish, looking back on the bubble, that uh, fans would be in the stands for? Easy. The the, the Mitchell-Murray duel where they're going 50-plus you know, against each other. Um, in either arena, it would have been crazy. It, it would have been like the Kobe Gilbert arena stools in the mid 2000 where these guys are getting 50, 60 points on each other's heads. It's, you know, man, that, that Utah Denver series is, is still, you know, the, the game seven was a bit of a bummer, but you know, the first six were just nuts. So, uh, I mean, you you got two guys in the zone like that and you got 20,000 rocking. There's nothing better. Robbie, you're the man. Tell the people where they can find you, dude. And if there's anything you want to promote, the floor is yours. I won't charge you a fee. Yeah, uh, Robbie Fingers, you know, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I also have my jersey page. I actually wrote a nice little blog piece last night on it. Um, RF Jerseys on Instagram, uh, you know, talking about Kobe and LeBron and the the whole of this season. Uh, shit, I don't know. Uh, wash your hands, wear a mask, stay safe, and take care of your family. Call, you, call, call your loved ones. That's mm. what you should do. There you have it. Wise words from one of my guys. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Support for this show comes from Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum, where for $1 a month, you guys can support the show and help it grow. For $5 a month, you can get a lot of extra content, like two daily fantasy and sports betting podcasts every week. You can get access to the Discord where we could talk about a lot of shit as it happens and so much more. And also a special shout out to all the members of the Patreon because I recently, over this past weekend, I signed the lease to the new studio. Thank you all. Every single one of your contributions is going to that. To the people that listen to the show, download, subscribe, uh, patron, Twitch subscriber. If you tell your friend, it means a lot to me. It's really helping me take this show to another level. And... um, you know, big ups to Blue Wire as well, man. They're helping pay the bills, and the bills is getting a new place, getting a new studio, taking the show to a different level. There's going to be a lot more Patreon stuff as well. Uh, I have an idea. Um, if you go and check it out now, the weekly updates video, I'm going to start doing that every week, give you guys a behind the scenes of what's going on. I'm going to tell you exactly what the plan is for some of the Patreon stuff as well. So, yeah, man, it just it just means a lot to me, and I appreciate you guys. Um, a lot more guests are going to be coming in, maybe a new co-host in the near future as well, maybe a familiar face making a return. Who knows? Who knows? I'll leave it at that. Let you guys speculate and make your own assumptions. With that being said, as we are here, we got a new thing we got to promote, we got to plug on the hook. Abner Marez is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, a dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Marez, 
We'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man that he is. He's going to be talking about different topics from topics. Oh, my goodness. Topics from the state of boxing. Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champion. Abner's American dream and so much more. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Mares, whether wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Spanish up, you know what I'm saying? So you get it both, you know? You're into English, you're into Spanish. Maybe I should start listening to the Spanish one so I can find me a plus one that's a Latina. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. Go and check that out. I'm looking forward to hearing that one. I'm always a fan of the storytelling, as you guys know. And while we are here... Let's talk about Bet Online. Yes, Bet Online. The wait is finally over and football is back. Though we might not be at a game this year, you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you could get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on the season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. Head over to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, here comes my guy, Yella, my guy, Schmetti. All right, joining me now, my brother, Yella. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's your boy Schmetti in the building. <laughs> oh, man. No, all laughs, all smiles. My guy, Ahmed. What's going on, man? How you feeling? Uh, nothing much, you know, just taking it day by day. Yesterday was a rough one for me, but other than that, I'm doing okay. You know, it's uh, it's unfortunate that the first time I have you on this show is for a topic that is going to be pretty rough to discuss. You are probably the biggest Cowboy fan that I know. And, you know, me and you in the DFS chat with Josh and Danny chasing the Millie. <laughs> we always do. We try our best every week. But, yeah, I can, uh, I can definitely say I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. Yes, I am. Definitely. It, it hurts my soul. So... Unless you've been living under a rock and you don't know what we're talking about. It looked like Dak's leg was uh, sort of like chopped in half, right? Like that shit. Yeah, looked- it looked like the bone just kind of came out and it was just rough. Like it was it, it, his ankle just snapped and it, it looked like there was no hope. It was it was it was very hard to watch. Very hard. There's a there's a couple of things that I, w- I want to unpack with that injury and that entire fiasco and, and moving forward and. You know, first and foremost, as a Cowboys fan, I got to ask you. I mean, I know how you feel about him, <laughs> but I, I want for the people listening, how do you feel about Dak Prescott? And I know right now it's kind of weird because of the situation at hand, but like, were you a Dak guy? Are you not a Dak guy? Are you happy that he's your quarterback? Uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely happy he's our quarterback. I'll be honest with you. Like when we first, when, when I first heard that Dak was going to be the starter for the Cowboys, I wasn't too sure how I felt because I was so hung up on, like, loving Romo and I felt like we did Romo wrong. But I feel like as Dak played 
game by game. You saw the warrior in him. You saw that he was going to fight for his team. And you've really seen him do things that, like, you hope your quarterback would do for you, like, to put you in situations to win. And I would just say him as a off-the-field kind of guy, too. It just it really makes you appreciate him, like, as a person, let alone a football player. So I would say he made the transition very easy for all of us as Cowboy fans. Dude, it's funny that you bring up Romo because one of the things is I was sitting over there being a piece of shit. Yo, do you know how much I ate yesterday? <laughs> I'm about to become a fat piece of shit, bro. I ate, I ate so much yesterday, dude. I had an entire bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, like the family size. Yo, I was sitting on the recliner and I was watching. And as I'm watching over there, being you know uh, super fat, Romo is calling the game, and I kind of just like, yo, I don't know if you felt this way, but I was just starting to connect the dots, like, yo. Romo got hurt, and then Dak came in, and Jason Garrett was the head coach, right? And then you see Jason Garrett comes over, and I thought that was really cool. Like I'm kind it of was, a, yeah. I'm a softy for that shit, man. And it was dope. I am that, too. You know me, I'm a very sensitive person, so to see that like really touched me. So, so Jason Garrett's over there, and he's consulting him. Romo's calling the game that Dak got hurt. He, his season is clearly done the way Romo's season was done too. And it's just like you're connecting all the dots. You're like, oh my God, this is some shit that they put in movies, bro. Like yeah. the guy who lost his job to this guy is now the announcer of the game for the guy that took his job. Like it was just crazy to me to see It that. is. It is crazy. To, like I, I can agree with you in that sense. Like when you sit down and actually think a little bit into it, like it's really crazy how last year Jason Garrett was his coach. Now he's on the opposite team. And Romo calling the plays, and he had a, you know, he's had season-ending injuries too. But it definitely, it definitely is crazy. But I would say seeing like Jason Garrett run over to him was very like it touched me because you know, like it just goes to show you the kind of person Dak is. And you saw, you just saw Twitter yesterday, like the way everybody just reacted for Dak. It just goes to show you who he is as a person, as a player. Well, well, there, there's a lot of things to that, right? Like, yeah. he's he's the leader of the most popular team in the entire sport, right? The Cowboys, even though they've been kind of up and down throughout the years, they're still like America's team. They're they're probably yeah. the, the number one franchise in the whole league when it comes to just like their value and shit. And you know, even if they go six and ten, there's still marquee games on the schedule that you want to see. The Giants are actually the team playing the Cowboys yesterday, so we both were kind of going back and forth. I'm of someone that. I was like, oh, my God, now the Giants are going to win this game. Like, the fandom kind of took over me. I'm like, oh, my God, I want these idiots to lose so bad. I am done with this whole franchise, meaning the Giants. But, dude, going back going back to the Dak thing, do you think, you know, the, the big the big talking point right away is people are, are talking about, like, oh, his contract and shit because, like, Dak didn't sign his contract and whatnot. You you sort of feel like sympathetic to a player like that, right? Especially yeah. when you know. I don't know if you have it in front of you, but you you texted the group chat today when we were talking. You're like, "Yo, he's been through a lot the last year, man." Can, can no, you just... he's definitely been through a lot the last year, and that's where I think that's that's where it hits me the most more than like his contract because I understand you know he deserves every penny he's to me, you know, and that's me. Maybe I'm biased. You know, but like I said, and you know, he lost his brother earlier this year, man. Like, and and that's that's tough. Like, I can't even imagine what what that may feel like. 
And then to go into this year, like, I'm going to do this for my brother. And then, you know, he had his, like, little... He came out and said he was depressed. And I felt like people were kind of taking shots at him because being the leader of your team, you're not supposed to be able to talk about how you truly feel. And I disagree with that totally. And then, yeah, to add insult to injury, him not getting his contract that I felt like he deserved, or even they should have given him just the contract in general for him to be on a franchise tag for one year, get brutally hurt, and now he's out for the year. And it's like, you know, it's definitely... It's definitely tough, but I would say what would hurt me the most is just knowing like who he is off and off the field, and then like knowing the kind of person he is, and then just watching that happen to him. That's what hurts the most. You know, I think it's it's very telling when a player gets hurt. You you see what the what he means to the team, and I don't just mean like obviously the quarterback, right? But man, you saw the image of Michael Gallup, and I kind of got to put the mic down for this one. But Michael Gallup, Ahmed is. Sort of just like his hands are on his head and he's looking away and then they cut to his leg and all the players are over there just like taking a knee and they're all just like, damn, yo, not only is he our quarterback, he's our leader and now our season is going to probably, I mean, we'll get to Andy Dalton in a little bit, but it's, you know, the the upside to them is, is going to be capped now, right? Because like, yo, Dak was balling and Dak was not the issue for the Cowboy struggles, which is something that I've been harping on throughout this entire, you know, first four weeks of the season, right? Coming into this year, we kind of talked about it when you were like, yo, how do you feel about the Cowboys? And I was like, yo, your offense might be the NFC version of the Chiefs. And through the first four weeks, like, we know about Cooper. Gallup, Lamb is a problem, (laughs) right? Uh, Jarwin gets hurt. They throw in Schultz, and you're starting him every week in FanDuel. You're like, yo, play Schultz, and he's putting up like 15-plus points. We know about Zeke. We know about Pollard. Sure, the offensive line is banged up, but they have so many weapons at their disposal. This fucking guy, Wilson. Me, um, yeah, yeah, Cedric Wilson. Wilson is running wild against the Seahawks, and we've stacked that game. We have we have Lamb on our lineups. We have Zeke in yearly. We have all these. And we're like, what the fuck is happening? So that's yeah. just another weapon, right? It just like, goes to show you how deep they are on the offensive side of things, man. And Dak, Dak was not the problem. But the concern coming into the year was, yo, your defense is going to give up 40 points a game, which is what they've been giving up. I think it's like, yeah, oh, it like 36 points. It looks points. like they put me out there, to be honest. It looks like they put me out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would be food if you were a corner, though. I would. I would. Yeah, yeah. I would be food. <laughs> but, yo, so so Dak, Dak gets hurt, right? And the image yeah. of him, I always, I always say this, man. When an athlete breaks down like that, same thing with Saquon Barkley a couple of years, uh, a couple of weeks ago. When the athlete breaks down like that, nobody, as someone that has torn their ACL, and Ahmed, when I tore my ACL, bro, I was crying, not because of the pain. I'm being honest with you. It wasn't the pain. Did it hurt? Yeah, but like, I have a high threshold of pain because I'm a stallion, but that's yeah. a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just knew like, yo, I fucked my shit up. And I knew that it was going to be something bad. So that's why I started breaking down <clears throat> when I was on the bench over there and I'm waiting for the yeah. EMTs to come. Dak knew that, like, yo, it's a wrap, right? And he's, like, playing with his leg, too. I heard the football doctor guy was like, yo, the fact that he, like, moved his leg around, like, sort of trying to put it back in place might have yeah. made it worse also. And ironically enough, bro, on the same day Alex Smith comes back. That's Like, how crazy is sports, dude? It really is. It really is. But, like, you know, 
I must say, I, I stood up and I gave Alex Smith a round of applause for what he did. And, and I just hope he's like, he's a prime example for athletes that, that do get injured, like that you could really make a comeback. You just mm-hmm. have to really work hard towards that comeback. And, and yeah, I stood up and gave him a round of applause, but it is crazy that one goes down to like a gruesome injury and then, you know. Alex Smith comes back and throws a pass for the for the Redskins, yeah. Oh, the Washington football team, sir. You need to so, watch I, it. I'm so sorry, the Washington football <laughs> team. Sorry, man. Four like, weeks ago, they, they were that. Don't worry about it. We're no, you're right. You're right. I have to I have to learn better, though. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I remember Washington. Allen made that mistake, and I was just like, whoa! I just like started <laughs> It's the Washington out. football team. You're Listen, right. I still call them the Oakland Raiders and, and, and the San Diego Chargers sometimes. So <laughs> it's, true, a, it's yeah. a transition we're all going through. But, dude, uh, as a Cowboy fan, right, like – there were some stupid reports in the summer about, well, Andy Dalton's there and, you know, he might be the guy, which was really dumb. But, like, yo, not for nothing to give you some hope. If you're a Cowboy fan, he's probably one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league because he does have the starter experience, number one. Number two, he's going to have mad weapons at his disposal. Of course. Right? And number three, that division sucks. You guys are in first place. The Cowboys are in first. I think I read something today that uh, um, we are combined. The NFC East is combined for four total wins, and the Rams have four wins against the NFC East. Yeah, all their all the <laughs> all the Rams wins are against the NFC East. It just it says a lot. But um, back to back to Dalton though, we, we're like we're speaking and we're talking so highly of our offense, right? Hmm. So it's it's. You know, it's not so much can Dalton do the job, but it's can the defense not give up 40 points so Dalton can stay in games. Dak Prescott's a different kind of animal where if you're down 27 points, going in like you're halfway through the third, going into the fourth, you're like, if we get some stops, he could get us back into the game. And Falcons, he's kept us in literally every game we've been blown out like in. And I just... That's where I'm. That's my disconnect. Is I don't think Dalton has that in him to even bring us back like the way Dak does. But it's. I think it starts with our defense more so than our offense. Yeah, I'm not gonna gas you. I didn't even think about that. That was a hell of a. That was a hell of a take, sir. Appreciate it. I liked it a lot because you're right. Like the Chiefs fall down twenty and they're like, "Yo, we got Mahomes. We're chilling." Yeah. The Cowboys fall down twenty and they're like, "All right, we got Dak. He's done this before." Now it's like, fuck, yo, maybe, who knows? We got to wait and see. You guys fall down two touchdowns, three touchdowns. Is everybody going to be fired up the way they were in the past with Dak Prescott? Because now is an unknown stepping in. It is yeah. a good situation for Dalton coming in. I would say that. But he does have a lot of things working for him. Like we mentioned, the offense, the division being bad. He doesn't yeah. need to be Dak Prescott. I think you're going to see more Ezekiel Elliott now. Definitely. You know, so... I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the Cowboys moving forward because I do think they're a team because that offense is so good. And, like, my bad. I know this is against protocol, but, like, CeeDee Lamb is not a rookie. The way he's playing and the way the way he's used, it's like he's not a rookie, bro. Like, I don't think of him as a rookie. He's he's a legitimate, like, all-pro like caliber. he's done this for four years already. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. And it seems like, yo, it seems like he's kind of matchup proof, right? Like, we saw Cooper yesterday, yeah. day off. Right, shouts to my guy Bradbury though. He's no, been... yeah, yeah. He definitely. I would, I would, yeah. I would say you know Bradbury's a good. He locked him up. He held him down, man. He, it ain't, I mean, yeah, but Cooper was 
and then Gallup. So now you have CeeDee Lamb just really going to work on people, man. Every team so far is just, just torching, like... I don't even. I don't know. It's it's really like he's been he's been here before. Yeah, and it's crazy, right? Like you played, you paid Blake Jarwin last summer, and then like he hurts himself, and then it seems like the tight end position didn't skip a beat. Like Schultz just coming in, and he's a reliable. Yeah. I think Schultz. I mean, he's coming off a dud this week, but for the most part, he's probably starting on your yearly team if you're playing fantasy football. Like you got to be a top twelve tight end. For the most I would, part, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, la- last thing, man, and I appreciate you coming on and making your debut. This has been this has been fun. I almost forgot that we were recording because I was about to slip up and say some wild shit. But you know, <laughs> we'll leave that for another time. Um, do you still feel confident in the Cowboys moving forward, or what? Listen, I I, I never really. I try my best to not lose confidence in, in my Cowboys, uh, but. Some is definitely lost, um, and and, and I, I hate to be repetitive, but, like, and I'm going to even throw in McCarthy in here. Like, if he doesn't simplify the playbook for Andy Dalton, we're going to be in a lot of trouble because I've seen the Cowboys do things that I've never seen before, okay? Mm. I Cedric Wilson throwing <laughs> Dak Prescott the ball, you know? Like, yeah, you, yeah. You, you've never, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, he has to really do what uh, – with uh, what the Eagles did with, with Nick Foles, how they simplified the playbook and 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 just do, do that. Run the ball with Zeke, get your check down passes, keep getting a first down, and let's let's get a victory. But it, but it, it it really starts with our defense more than our offense. Like whoever's I don't know who's talking. I think isn't there like our defensive coordinator like in the Empire State Building calling calls or something? I don't know. <laughs> but he ain't watching the game, so that's where we'll start. I think there's a report. Some I read something about that, but it's good. Um, but my confidence in the Cowboys, I think it's not hard to win the division. I think it's what we do after. Yeah. But the division's up for grabs now for everybody. Well, I mean, the way Carson Wentz is playing, you guys still might have the best QB in the division. <laughs> I was talking more so the, the Washington football team than either one of you or your Giants or the, or oh, the Eagles. Oh, man. Andy Dalton, dead ass, might be the best quarterback in that division still. So you do have that going for you. Might be, but but honestly, man, like I, Zeke's gonna be fine. Our receivers are fine. If he needs a, if he likes throwing to his tight end, Dalton Schultz is fine, is great. Like we're good on offense. Our our O lines, even though they're banged up and a lot of people are out, we're still deep on the O line where we can hold it down. But other than that, like we just need to focus on defense more than offense now, especially now. What do you think happens with Prescott? Do you think he's He's with the Cowboys next year. Do you think Jerry Jones sort of feels bad about this situation and goes yeah. out and gives him a contract right now? Or, like, how do you feel about what's going to um, happen with Dak? I, I read something this morning, actually, from Stephen Jones, where he said Dak is still going to be our starter next year. Mm. He said there's no, no doubt about it. He's still – and I know this organization could be a little cutthroat at times, you know, and just they make the business decision that they feel needs to be made. But with Dak, I feel like you you, you got to give him another chance. Like this, just see how his recovery goes or anything. Maybe the maybe the contract talks aren't the same. Mm. But I think starting next year, he should he should be starting in the Cowboys as a, as the Cowboys quarterback without a doubt. And I hope he does. Well, I <clears throat> I agree with you. I think that's what's going to happen too. Maybe they do like a franchise tag, which you know Kirk Cousins 
when he was with Washington did this and yeah, you don't have the security, but if if you don't get hurt and you get franchised, that's actually the ideal situation for a player because you take the five biggest salaries at your position and that's the average. So like if you're a franchise QB starting next year where you got the Watson, Mahomes, Russ, Jared Goff contracts kicking in and even Carson Wentz, you're probably going to make north of like $35 million. So there that is that is huge but again it's the it's the it's the security long term that you're worried about yeah but i think i I think with dak man it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see him come back because i think you know josh josh in our chat was talking about like damn joe theisman right joe theisman had that gruesome injury ironically enough against the new york giants way back in the day yeah but here's the thing dude that was what 40 years ago like technology has changed rehab has changed like in the past, bro, like up until like the mid two thousands, if you tore your ACL, it was done for you. Now it's like yeah. you tear your ACL, you're back in eight months and you're running wild again. Yeah. For the back most to, part. Back to what we were saying about Alex Smith, though. Like, look how far technology has come. He's he went from done with football forever to maybe dying, possible, am, possible amputation. Yeah. And now he's back playing yesterday. So yeah. it just goes to show you that yes, times are definitely different and. And I'm confident that he's going to make a comeback. Like, you know, that's all you could really be is confident. Because <laughs> if we're stuck with Andy Dalton, <laughs> may God help, <laughs> help us all, man. Yeah, I do think that uh, the, the one thing that you're going to hear throughout the week is, well, this is why athletes hold out and whatnot. And it's like, yeah, I totally understand that. But it was something that I was telling you over the summer. I don't know if you remember this, but at no point during this entire contract negotiation that I think Dak Prescott was going to hold out because yeah. – it's the nat- nature of the position, bro. Like, you're the leader of the team. You're the face of the franchise. It's just not in the makeup of that position to hold out. It's always the running back, which I totally understand. It's a left tackle. It's a linebacker. It's it's literally every other position but quarterback. So the idea of, well, he should have held out. Like, yeah, I get it, but it just doesn't happen when it's a quarterback. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. And, and also, I feel like... You know, like you mentioned, those other positions, they get paid a lot less than a quarterback. So their risk isn't as, you know, as great as a quarterback's is. So for them to hold out is different than a than a quarterback. And I, I'll be, like I said, back to just Dak as a person and, you know, him as a teammate. There was no part of me at all that I think he would hold out. I think if anything, he would take, I know it may not have been in the talks, but like I felt like he would have taken a pay cut rather than holding out like mm. just knowing like not saying he should but like he would have much rather i feel like taking a pay cut than held out for his team it just he's a warrior man he really is showed it yesterday too when he got up i couldn't even watch that injury yeah i just saw him like say like come here like to the doctors and that, that's all i needed to see and i walked away and i i had some tears in my eyes well it was too hard i want to say that that tackle bro never ends well like yeah that that form of tackle where you're sort of you're going for a ride kind of right like you've left your feet you're you're physically with your hands you're grabbing the dude's shoulder pads and your legs are sort of like just tomahawking yo Le'Veon Bell got hurt like that a lot of players Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall that one year where like the Giants lost all four wide receivers in one game like that swinging your entire body weight into someone's legs I don't know if they could ban it, bro, but that shit never ends well. And I'm, like, shocked when I see how often... Yo, that tackle happens, like, nine times a game. Yeah. Throughout, yeah. like, 
the whole like literally every single game that tackle happens eight to twelve times, and I'm fascinated when guys get up. I'm like, oh my god, and even it my, looks my, so bad. It's bro, it's brutal. It's brutal. Literally, like your whole weight is like you're airborne, and the first thing that you're hitting is your entire body weight on a dude's legs. Like, yeah, I don't know if they could cancel it. I don't know if they could ban it, but it's just a scary, scary tackle and. You know, Logan Ryan came out and said, like, yo, obviously it wasn't malicious. It's just, like, I was just going to make a play. And, yeah, man, with that. I I, I don't – it definitely wasn't malicious. But, like you said, like, that tackle may have to – may have to do something about it. And and also, I think that video that went viral of Hayden Hurst after that Falcons game when he ran over to Dak. And he was like, yo, I commend you for what you did. Because that was after – that was the week of – uh, the report came out that you mentioned how he was depressed when his brother passed away. Yes. And then, like, some of the talking heads, like Skip Bayless and then these other fucking Joberts, were just <laughs> saying all this shit, you know, sort of just to make a headline. And and Hayden Hurst was like, yo, I commend you for that. And, you know, me and my mom started this foundation. And then Dak was like, yo, let's connect. Let's connect. I'll yeah. do it. I'll do it. And that was, like, really cool. That, that kind of... That's why the reaction from the league was what it was. You know, like, even Pat Mahomes mentioned... You know, showed him some love. Des Bryant yeah. showed him some love, and I think I think the Des tweet as we wind down here, I think the Des tweet was really telling because you can make a strong case that Des Bryant, sure he was hurt with the Cowboys towards the tail end, but his chemistry with Dak was nowhere near what it was with Romo, yeah. and maybe the production went down. So I don't know if there was animosity. Obviously, I'm just speculating, but. The fact that Des came out was like, yo, man, I'm heartbroken right now. I feel so bad. Exactly. Like, it really tells you about what you've been harping on this whole time of Dak just being the dude that he is. A hundred percent. And like like I said before, and just like his story, you know, back in college with his mom passing away and then him losing his brother this year, the depression, contract negotiations, like everybody feels for him because it's like, and then this, you know, everybody, it's hard not to feel for him, you know, just, it really is. It really is. My brother, I appreciate <laughs> you, man. Thanks for coming on. This was fun. Anytime. You know, we went, Anytime, my bro. We went about 25 minutes. I don't know if you even realized that, but. No, it's a, it was a fun conversation. When you're having fun, you don't realize the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's also nice to look at that fucking sexy ass beard on the other <laughs> end. Yeah, where what are what are the Twitter handles? I feel like you change your shit every week. So where can they find you on the internet? Um, I think on Instagram it's just Schmetty underscore S H M E D D Y underscore, and it should be the same for Twitter as well. If you need so many uh any good advice in life, there you go. <laughs> Ahmed, Ahmed, you're, you're the man. I'll catch you later, bro. All right, bro. Have a good one. Okay. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and is ready to kill. kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nicky too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.